This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you know what the J stands for? I've always been, it feels like it's got to be like Jeremiah. Judas. Judas. Judas? Is that really what it is? Because that's No, I don't, I don't, I, I have no <laughs> idea what it is. I have no idea. I guess it's John or something like that. Yeah. J- Jigaboo. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's Your Majesty Edgar Hoover. That's <laughs> <laughs> John. John would be told. That's it's not John. good enough. Womp your womp. Majesty, <laughs> your main son, Edgar Hoover. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that Boris Kojo is the ugliest name for the most handsome man to ever walk this planet. His parents knew that they had to, they had to even him out. They had, they couldn't mess around and give this man a name, something beautiful like Meadowlark. You know what I mean? You got to give someone that pretty a name that is also beautiful. If you give them something beautiful, it's basically going to cause like a wormhole to open up and we're all going to get sucked into the pits of hell. It's not possible. So thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Kojo for making the sacrifice that none of us were brave enough to make. This is the theory I'm spreading this week. It's pretty much true. I think it's the most true thing I've ever said anywhere. Always, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm your host, Langston Kerman. I'm rambling weird today. That's that's the energy I'm hitting you with. I don't know. Talking's hard and buddy, I shouldn't have a podcast, but I do. You know who is a good talker? who doesn't ramble funny <laughs> and and probably 
He is, he's got all the words. He's a man who's well-versed in words, in, in both funny and otherwise. He's, he's so funny. I've known him, known him for a while. He's a hilarious dude based out of New York, and he has so much cool shit going on. He has an amazing, he's on a, a show called Everything's Trash on Freeform that's coming out, and he has an amazing show on AMC called Can We Talk About This? So funny. You guys are going to love him. Please give it up for my guest, Mr. Jordan Carlos. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm entering. I'm not entering anything. I'm pointing the band. Those guys sure. are great. Thanks, Questlove. Thank you, Roots. Black Thought. <laughs> Thank you, Roots. <laughs> that other guy. <laughs> that's uh, poor Roots. It's just this. We only know two of them, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I always feel bad when people come out and they're like, "We love the Roots," you know, with Questlove and uh, and Black Thought and. Uh, the breast <laughs> yeah you can stop there yeah, you can stop it yo man yeah. it's been a minute it has i'm, pr- I'm proud of all, all that you've done I- i'm Thank really happy you. for you man Same. doing it black the, man the f- successful the feeling is mutual i'm i'm so happy you're here you've been hysterical for a long time and you came to us with what i think is a very hysterical conspiracy theory it is it is one is that it, is it hysterical is it hysterical, Langston? Or is it's really it dead funny to serious, me. dead ass, <laughs> serious, that one of our own, you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's haunting, yes. if true, but it has, it, it cannot Woo! not be funny. Woo! You said, my mama told me. J. Edgar Hoover was black. We, around my house, we call him J. Hoover. Now, Jay Hoover. Uh, <laughs> Jay Hoover. <laughs> Jay Hoover was... You throw up a little rock sign, but it don't mean <laughs> <Yeah>. the same thing. <laughs> Jay Hoover, Jay Hoover was definitely, Jay Hoover definitely had a thing against black folks. We know mm-hmm. that the, all of the Lucas brothers, Judas and the Black Messiah, we thank him for that. But yeah, I'm a Black History Month quiz bowl champion. Uh-oh. I knew that I knew that Jay, Jay Hoover was was dirty to begin with. Yeah. And gully and 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 just gross disgusting but on top i mean like he he just couldn't sleep at night thinking that black people were happy he yeah. was that he was that guy no he he had a very uh sick vendetta against against a few groups uh, I, I i don't want to make it so that black people are are the only ones that he was targeting because i think it's important that we acknowledge <laughs> he hated a lot of folks no. But no. boy, but boy, did he have a special taste in yeah. his mouth for nigga blood. <laughs> he really wanted nigga blood and uh, worked real and he, hard to get it. Exactly. But the thing about it was, I, I mean, yes, a special taste for it because it ran through his veins. Yes. And Welcome so to you, my TED Talk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Welcome, yeah. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to listen. <laughs> Don't let me ramble. Yeah, no, please, please. I have so many questions. Please go ahead, man. Tell yeah. me for you where where you first became aware of J. Edgar Hoover and his alleged black history. Just looking at this Negro. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he looked like some of the deacons in the deacon board. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, oh, okay. He got Indian in his family. You know, like just yeah. looking at him, he's got the Ponce Nez. We all got yep. that one cousin who's got the mm-hmm. Ponce Nez, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so looking at him, the, the, the slick back hair, 
his skin, he was always dark, right? He was yeah. always dark. And I, I was like, let me, let me look it up. So I said, Google, J. Edgar Hoover Young. He looked like my dad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> or at least my grandfather. <laughs> I mean, when you look at other people that chose, like he was, okay, so the author Gore Vidal, Gore Vidal wrote books like Aaron Burr, really great author, and yeah. uh, public, public intellect, things like that, in the 1960s and early 1970s. So Gore Vidal grew up with J. Edgar Hoover, and he's in D.C., and he said, Gore Vidal would embellish, but he's not one to lie, and he said that everybody knew that the Hoovers passed for white. Yes. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it that grew up in D.C. But it's just like that was just like a rumor out there. You know what I mean? It it was hard to make that accusation because of of the power of J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, it's it's so funny because I I love that you brought up the the pictures, right? That so many of his pictures, he sort of like looks oddly like a a light skinned black person. And one yes. of the things that I felt in looking at a lot of his pictures is how much he benefited from like the black and white era of photographs, right? That like, oh, oh, yeah. it has oh, to be intentional that we're not seeing color f- pictures of this dude because he's going to be noticeably darker than all of these other people he's like bossing around at these FBI tables. You know what I mean? Colored pictures of this colored man. You're absolutely right. Now, <laughs> You know, that was my first, that was my first inkling. I was like, Gore Vidal knew that about him. And then there's that kind of, to me, I took that, I ran with it. I was like, I know what it is to be like, to get over one's own internalized racism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Jay Hoover, Hoover never did. He hated right. himself on a lot of levels. He was never living his truth, right? So he was closeted gay, right? And so like, he took it out on gays. And yeah. so he took it out on blacks. And like, all the people that he had a beef with, that was who he was. So that mm-hmm. makes me know that like all the more that that's, that's what he was about, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there's, there's also no schools named after Jehovah. There's none <laughs> named after him, which tells me definitely black man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because part of the reason I imagine that people aren't necessarily like eager to put his name on things is despite the fact that he obviously, was a dickhead to black people. Dickhead's probably yep. too light of a word. He was he was and a silly billy to to the blacks <laughs> in the days. But on top of that, he he was kind of known as a as an asshole to everybody else. Like it wasn't as if like everybody was like, "Yo, you know who I fuck with is <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover." <laughs> you know who I really just like hanging out with is that motherfucker J. Edgar Hoover. He tells great jokes. I know. I mean, he got rid of like people like John Dillinger, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like the gangsters, the public enemies in the 1920s and 30s. And it's like, you know what? They were fun. Right. They were fucking fun. And you know what? It was white and black wanted to see him go away, but we didn't have the power at the time. You know, I mean, it's it's not like John Dillinger was going to be like lining up with black folks to make no. Hoover <laughs> go away, you know? But, yeah. but you know, it's it, it, there were many people in the race to that 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 did not like him but there were many people in his crosshairs and the thing about it was i think it just came from his own lies about himself and the bs about himself and he had a particular thing for marcus garvey in the black yes. star line right mm-hmm. so he went to a point like he made a name for himself in about 1918 
come with me now. I, you see me just pump the glasses right there? That's oh, like, it, it, listen, those glasses, glasses you know are what moving. That, you know what that is? You know what that is? We're going to go into deep, big facts. Big facts, <laughs> Papa. We're going into big facts. Now, young JH was like, okay, I'm here in D.C. This is going to be some, got the yak. This is going to be some black, drunk black history real quick. <laughs> so He's trying to make I a name for himself. <laughs> no problem. He's trying to make a name for himself in D.C. And, and I think he was working at the time for, you know, there wasn't like a, um, the, the FBI wasn't a thing yet, right? No. So that was not a thing, yeah. right? So, but he was working in, in that version, what the, the historic version of that. So, so basically, he had to make, make a name. And so Marcus Garvey had kind of been on the radar of the government because he had the, mm-hmm. audacity, the audacity to ship <laughs> <laughs> to ship black people from one place to the other or black-owned, made products from one place to the other. Yeah, he was like... It yeah. was like, what if we go back to where we come from? And uh, white people were like, wait a goddamn minute. We're going to have to create a branch of the government to deal with this motherfucker because that is not OK. He was an unwieldy, unruly Negro. I mean, I mean, shouts yeah. to Garvey. Shouts to Garvey. I always loved that. one. Like, he's just like he's in the back of that car just looking. It's like a rap video. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. got like this uniform on. Never yeah. went to war. Never went to war. But he's got like a general's hat on. Yeah, and he knew what he was, was doing. Like, he knew what he's doing. He knows he's doing. He's stirring them whites up. He's stirring them whites. <laughs> I'm sure some of them were like, do we have to call a black star? <laughs> <laughs> he's not a star to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so white people got, they, you know, they got shook, the fragility of it all. And so, they, they, so, so then Hoover was like, I'm your man, right? He went so far. So he had, I can't remember the first agent that he employed because he couldn't go himself, right? Right. He totally could. He could. He totally could. It's fine. He, you know, he, yeah. you he seen Dr. Do. Daniel Hale Williams. You seen Dr. Charles Drew. The, I, was, I remember in Black History Month, they'd be like, Dr. Charles Drew, Black History Month icon. I'm like, him? Are you sure? <laughs> 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 he white. There's got to be some other doctors we can pull oh. up because he's... Oh He's not God. exactly uh, showing up the same way. Yeah, Dr. Daniel Hill Williams is whiter than Vermont, dude. But like, you know, <laughs> it's like, so anyway, he employed this one black man who's, by the way, his name was Worm. His middle name was Worm. Whoa. And yeah, yeah. I don't know about Worm. Tell me more about this Worm character. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody came to his funeral. Fuck that guy. Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. so he was, so this Worm guy basically was the first kind of like black FBI agent mm. and he infiltrated Garvey's operation and got them to, you know, like basically planted the seeds of mistrust right. within the organization and then went so far. Like, so Hoover had him even do things like sabotage, like throwing pieces like of junk and metal into, into the gas tanks of the black star line ships. Yeah. They wanted this nigga to fail. I mean, that's not even, Usually it's like observe and reports, right? That's right. that's like what the government's job is to do. But they're like, like Hoover was like, that's not enough. You're supposed to really use like uh, time travel rules as uh, as the government. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, you you yeah. look at it, but you don't fuck with it. And instead, he was it. like, Nah, I'm gonna touch that almanac. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what what I can build from from burning down everything that this dude is trying to build. Absolutely. So. He basically got Garvey deported back to Jamaica 
ruined his ruined him and was able to like use those closest to him to uh sabotage him. And that's what made a name for that's what made a name for Jay Hoover. Right. I mean, and, and then he like look, you take the values of your take on the values of your oppressor to hope for better treatment. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what so, I was going to ask yeah. you is, is yeah. and I'm I'm just curious to hear your thoughts because you're clearly very well versed in your boy Jay Hoover. I am. Is how much of his behavior do you think was like ingrained in him from the beginning that like as mm. a family, they just decided we don't like niggas and we going to do everything we can to be mean to them, even <laughs> though we are them? Or right. was this like... Oh, you got some affirmation. You got a pat on your head from like how hard you went at Garvey. And so now that's going to be like your signature move. Do you know what I mean? Most people that like, because J. Edgar Hoover was never elected anything. Right. He was a political animal in D.C. So he understood how to work things. He understood like, it's not about who knows you. It's, it's you know, who you know or whatever it is, the levers of power. He understood uh, how to work that he knew the game was not a game, but I feel like what probably started was it, like, it can't just be one thing, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot in that, in that gumbo. It's like, mm-hmm. he probably definitely passed or didn't pass the doll test, you know, when they give you the, the bad black doll and like, oh. you're supposed to like, yeah, you know it. I don't you know that tell test. me more. You don't know that test. I don't think so. Oh, bro, bro. You got a daughter, right? Yeah. You need to be, putting some black dolls in that crib immediately. Oh, because she can't use her fingers yet. So I, I... <laughs> it, it doesn't matter by the time, by the time they're three, the messages have already, they've already got the messages that black is bad. So it's like a uh... test where they present a white doll and a black doll. And then they're like, which doll is the bad one? And then usually the person administering the test is like, the black one. right. Hey, <laughs> this one seems pretty naughty, huh? Kids. <laughs> <laughs> but they do it did you quick. say something did you say something crash Shaniqua uh, this doll's cursing maybe don't pick that one <laughs> but the worst part of the doll test is that the kids make the connection they're like okay so the, the black children take the test they're like this right. black doll is, is bad and then they're like so do you mean you're bad and then because you're black and they're like yeah I'm bad Fuck. so it's like by the yeah man so it's like, uh, I think he, he didn't pass the doll test and we've been paying for it ever since. Right. You know? So it was like, and, and he had this thing about like black people that were living their best lives. He could not stand. So like Dr. King, remember mm-hmm. he like, he was like Dr. King. Cause I mean, listen, Martin Luther, the King, <laughs> great, is a great is a God and a great man, but yes, he was, he was loose with the dick and yeah. that's, you know, we know that, you know, we sure. know that. Jay Hoover used that against him, you know, and right. was like, that's why he was like, King, you're a filthy liar. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things that probably is going to be helpful for people to put this in context is that Jay yes. Hoover worked as sort of like the head of the quote unquote FBI, then becoming the FBI for 47 right. years. So he spanned, years. he spanned some black men's lifetime. Uh, to, to, to fucking torment yeah. people, which meant that like he really got his hands in a lot of shit. 
there it wasn't just like oh he had a couple big hits he really was a part of of sort of like the the threat for so many generations of black and brown people absolutely so i mean what he did was like he just had a special i mean let's say he had a hard on you know i'm saying he had a hard on for (laughs) (laughs) any black leader on the come up and he he took them all out even sam cook like sam cook like he even took out sam cook so so by the, like he's kind of the reason why there's a certain disenchantment or like a, a certain piece missing for uh, I think black people when it comes to like leadership. We're just like they killed all our leaders, you know. They did it all in like five to ten year span, and with that, it's just like a giant hole was left, and J. Edgar Hoover's stupid head is in the middle of that hole. So it's like yeah, he, I, I feel like he was just like grinning, like yeah, I did it. I, I do think yeah. it makes me think that that so much work could be done. Granted, they've they've done horrific things for generations, even past yeah. J. Edgar Hoover. But so much work could be done if the FBI even just took the time to denounce some of the actions that he took during the time that he was sort of like their quote unquote leader. That like if they just came up and were like, yo, no lie, he was bugging our bad on that one. That wasn't exactly how we run things, but instead they go, nope, great man, flawless figure, <laughs> nothing to, to talk about, and we move forward. And it's like, Keep I don't know, man, yeah. you can't write these, like, every year the fucking F- the Twitter for the FBI is like, we miss you, Martin Luther King, and it's like, you don't get to do that, because you, oh, you, no. you won't fucking say what, what actually happened. Well, of course they miss him. <laughs> they, they used to bug his hotels and just like they love i mean listen the day king died he sent coretta like this insane tape with all like just like mm-hmm. like bedroom noises of king whatever like that's yeah. what that's how that nigga said my condolences and then right right and then before that he sent a, a letter to king saying he should kill himself that like obviously coretta read you know what I'm saying? Like it, <laughs> he was just like, I was like, what? Don't you have anything else to do, man? Aren't there any other crises in the country? He's like, no, the Negro, the Negro, like the Black Messiah will come and just like <laughs> he'll take us over. Yeah. We're only one in ten of the people in the United States. But what like, is what a silly letter, that. though, huh? You know, for him to Yo. be sitting there, he's like, dear Martin, <laughs> <laughs> I hope this letter finds you well. Ah! Maybe you should kill yourself. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about it? <laughs> it says it starts king. It's like king. You are an animal. That's how it begins. Just having your breakfast, you're like Jesus Christ. I what will even... say, and <laughs> yeah. again, I have a. I think I have a sick sense of humor. There is a a fun. There's a part of me that has so much fun with antiquated racism, like the things that that people felt comfortable saying at a certain point that we've now like socialized out that they probably still actively believe. But like you, you don't say it like calling somebody an animal is so fucking funny (laughs) of being like you, you animal, Animal. you fucking animals, you fucking savages. Yeah, I I love it so much. Oh, God. And for those reasons, I know he was a Negro. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and it, it, if you do all the math, you can clearly see. No, I mean, okay, that's those are some trap moves, though. That's some trap nigga shit. 
when you're telling somebody to kill themselves in a battle. Yeah. That's some, that's some niggerish shit. He behaved in a way that was too passionate for him yeah. not to have personal stakes in this fight. Absolutely. That it, it can't Absolutely. be just you acting completely for your job. Nobody cares that much about pr- protecting the produce at Target. Do you know what I mean? Like nah, you're nah, doing nah, a nah. thing that has yeah. to be personal for you. And so, yeah. It was also above and beyond. This is how I knew he was not white, right? So like he, when he and like he had this thing was like in the 1930s, excuse my 1930s impression voice where he's like, hey, Junior G-Man, sign up today. <laughs> You're going to be a G-Man, be a G-Man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like, we get, we get the best and the brightest. Why the tallest? You know, the fairest, the tallest, the best. Like, yeah. and they all, it was just over six feet tall. You had to be white over six feet tall and, and have like a, a high school grad, like a high school degree. But they all look like male models. So I was like, this guy is just doing rose ceremonies. Yeah. Just, he just wants, he wants <laughs> boys to look at. You know yeah, he's saying? just so, collecting buff boys to, to be his, his special team of buff boys that he. Which he is fine. Which yep. is fine. As long as you're honest about what you're doing. He wasn't, you know, yeah. and like. Yeah. So like you should say me, you should say I'm collecting buff boys. I enjoy buff boys. And also if you enjoy yeah. killing black leaders, you and you can be a part of that. And they'll be like, Yeah, <laughs> no, it's nineteen thirty. It's not like people are gonna be like, What the fuck? They'll be like, Yeah, no, that sounds <laughs> that sounds pretty cool to me. I'll be a buff boy. Yo, man, I'm gonna tell you something. I actually got to interview a guy that worked side by side with Jagger Hooper. Whoa. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I was like, was he ever late? And he was like, that's strange. He was five to 10 minutes late sometimes at work. Damn. I was like, see, black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> did he like I really fright? thought that that was going to go somewhere like super insightful <laughs> and, and deep. And you're like, nope, black. <laughs> black. <laughs> that's perfect. He was like, no, Hoover was very good to his black employees. He shook his hand, the hand of his driver and his maid. And I was like, oh. my man, my man, my man. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know what good is. And that's that's a different thing that we got to work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm convinced, bro. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Damn. I'm just saying. I can't be. All right. Well, this is this is some heavy shit. You got some real insights. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Jordan Carlos and more. My mama told me. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
a new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. The rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. We're back. We're back here with more Jordan Carlos. We're, we're still talking about J. Edgar Hoover and, and the possibility, the real possibility that yes. he was a black man. A black man who hated being a black man and, and thus punished other black men. A real, a real sick cycle happening in that fucko's head. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's jump into some of this research because, Please. and you've already covered a fair amount of it, is, and you've hit a lot of the important points. But J. Edgar Hoover, he's the head of the FBI for 47 years. He's best known for his efforts to, number one, take down black people, number two, take down the gays, and number three, take down communists. And he often right. sort of leveraged the three of them against each other as a way of conflating and, and capitalizing on whatever he wanted from that group. Absolutely. Amongst his greatest hits of shit that he did, Marcus Garvey's Black Star Line, which he was able to sabotage. He also famously launched Pro, uh, the FBI's counterintelligence program, where leaders of the civil rights groups, such as the Black Panther Party, were gunned down with FBI involvement. And most famously, and you hit this, he was the person who greenlit the raids and the ultimate assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. a lot of classics under his belt, you know? Great, great guy. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Always invited to the cookout. Um, sure. I feel like, yeah, man. And he also, we don't talk about Brother Malcolm, but he also, like, so Bumpy Smalls was protecting Malcolm in the final days after, like, Malcolm wilded out and said, like, you know, mm-hmm. Elijah, remember when he was on TV, he said, Elijah Muhammad got <laughs> babies by different women. <laughs> I love I love your soldier boy interpretation of, of Malcolm X. <laughs> Elijah Muhammad. <laughs> but I know that the FBI was like, they had an FBI informant in his protection. So yes. they'd actually, they'd actually infiltrated. So like, I mean, like, but they were mad at the guy that had infiltrated because he tried to save Malcolm's life after he was shot. He did mm. mouth to mouth. And they were like, what are you doing? What are you doing right. trying to shame him? <laughs> That's not what you do. You suck the wind out of him. You, you... <laughs> Those chest compressions could have saved this man. Are you <laughs> he crazy? <laughs> Any one of those 40 bullets we pumped into him might have popped out and he could have kept living. Are you fucking psychopath? He couldn't have helped him. You you killed him good. You killed him Did it real good. good. Did it real good. But yeah, man. I mean, I just didn't want that hit not, not to go uh, no. unnoticed. I, yeah, I think yeah. I think that's totally fair. You're right to have brought it up. And and I will say that despite all of that, J. Edgar Hoover's greatest scandal was not so much his racism, at least according to white history, but it was actually, as you mentioned, his closeted homosexuality and cross-dressing. Yes. That, those were the things that were sort of like most famously associated with him. And I have to assume that yeah. some of the, I don't even know if it's the correct term anymore, but the quote-unquote cross-dressing may not have even been a thing that they could as much prove, but a thing that they accused him of because of his closeted background and just people fucking with his right. his name, as it were. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they want to, I mean, it's more or less about like homophobia and and leveraging homophobia at, at J. Edgar Hoover's legacy. But mm-hmm. in the first place, I mean, if he wa- if he was queer, which it looks like he was, then, yeah. you know, because he, he lived with his driver, Clive Tolson, and Clive Tolson was the one that, like, he left everything, his estate to him. And what I think it points out is that to be gay at the time was to be hunted, right? Mm-hmm. But, and, like, but he did know, he he could have done so much for people, like himself. But instead, it was like, listen, we're going to be, like, it's like equality for me, but not for anybody else, you know? Yes. Yes. And so in these kind of lavender scares of the 1950s, where they purge, you know, purge government of this threat that that basically what, what it was, was the thought was that queer people could be leveraged by communists because of their their sexual identity. And so that they were they were they would be compromised. Right. So mm-hmm. they would compromise. And, and Hoover thought that about gays. What he thought about black people was they also could be easily compromised because they weren't too smart in the head. Right. So they weren't too smart in the head. <laughs> so that's why people like people like Paul Robeson or W.E.B. Du Bois, like who were actually communists, like he he felt that they were he almost pitied black people because he, he thought they could have no original thought on their own, that they were easily swayed. And we see it today where it's like you'll you'll see like 
oh, like BLM is just a Marxist organization. They're they're easily swayed by the Marxists. Yeah. And people are like, nah, you know, a lot of folks in America don't even know what the fuck Marx is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, we're just trying to not get shot, nigga, when we go to the store. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> how is I'm that? not being swayed. I'm just uh, asking you not to kill me. Is, <laughs> yes. uh, I think you're you're mixing those two, but yeah. Langston, I'm going to tell you something wild today. Like, that, that's, the, that's the insanity of the police state, right? So, like, back in the day, violence, I mean, like, in the 19th century, all the way up to the early 1980s, like, there was kind of more, like, white mob violence, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... Mm-hmm. You, you, worry about being in a neighborhood and a white mob would get you. Now it's, now that's been, we've, we've taken the time to organize that. And that's just the police's business. So like, I remember this morning I was walking my dog and, uh, this is crazy. This dude came through and I live in a nice neighborhood. So like, yeah. So I was offended, but this guy (laughs) came through. (laughs) It's the, it's the time of the crazy. So he came through, he had a spear, like something a gladiator would have. It was a three foot spear. Yeah. With a, a double-edged spear and i was like good morning haven't had my coffee and and my man is just like kind of walking hard trying to break into cars and i'm like with a spear shit. well he's got the spear but he's trying cars he's just trying oh, doors and the things. spear is just uh his spear that he carries his yeah. hands are the ones that yeah. are okay i got you <laughs> so i'm like with my dog and i'm like you know i'm having a little new york man and i'm like should i call this in absolutely so so like i call the cops I'm literally describing myself. You know what I'm oh, saying? Fuck. So, so then we, so I had to hang out in the dog park while they look for this motherfucker because I'm literally, I'm like, yeah, okay. So he had black hoodie on, you know what I'm saying? Black, black jacket. Uh, he had Adidas pants on. And some like classic Jordans. I'm like, shit, nigga, I'm wearing the same thing. I I love the idea that the that you had to go as far out of your way as possible to not uh, accidentally call this man a spear chucker, and that <laughs> that to me uh, speaks uh, greatly to your that. heroics. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was it was a little trauma in the morning before I had my coffee, but I was like, oh my god, oh my god. But I realized, you know. I can't call the cops. I, I might as well just get in the cruiser myself. So right, um, right. Anyway, that I don't know where I was going with that story. But, no, <laughs> but but shit is wild. I do think that that some of what J. Edgar Hoover did is not often sort of like communicated in that he helped to create a culture that's bigger than the actual like choices that he made, right? That like so much of our our understanding of the current police state, it's the shit he helped cook up in right. his early efforts to sort of like sabotage, to manage, to play these fucking weird mind games, mind games. with our leaders. And so it isn't just limited to like, oh, he killed a dude and he was mean to these other ones. It's truly like, nah, he created the system that fucks with us today. He, absolutely. And he created a system of good guys, bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the 1930s, our heroes were like Bonnie and Clyde, John Dillinger, Al Capone, right? These were anti-heroes because people were on their back in the Great Depression. But he, you know, he busted all these people and he wanted people to feel that there was a fight against darkness. It was light and dark. And like, that's, I think, been 
the kind of like that's been a constant theme throughout our history up up until this point. You know, it's like yeah. it's those that are yeah, those that are on one side of the gun or the other. That's totally fair. And you talked a little bit about like the, you know, obviously Gore Vidal talks a ton about how he grew up around the the family, the Hoover family, and everybody yeah. understood them to be quote unquote mulatto, which was obviously the term that they used at the time. Similarly, author Anthony Samuels, he has similar claims from families on the East Coast who all believed Edgar had black roots and even referred to him as soul brother. Soul Brother was apparently J. Edgar Hoover's nickname. <laughs> I assume not affectionately. I assume they were like, Soul no. Brother, you got it. It was more like, yeah. bitch ass Soul Brother, and he'd, he'd get angry and storm off. Absolutely. They'd be like, Soul Brother, take the service interest. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> Soul Brother, shine my shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> Why do they talk like that? <laughs> but there's there was even one relative I've ever seen this documentary about Jacob and it was like one black relative that was like this woman that said she was related to Jacob Hoover that said she wrote a book about it and she said we have a very powerful cousin yeah in DC Millie McGee yeah Millie McGee right, Millie right. McGee claims she she grew up in Mississippi and she mm-hmm. said in the late 1950s, as a young girl growing up in rural Macomb, Mississippi, a story had been de- passed down through several generations that the land that they lived on was owned by the Hoover family and that their grandfather said that they that Edgar was his second cousin and was passing for white. And yeah, he was this powerful cousin that they had, but it, they were so afraid to talk about it because he would potentially seek vengeance and kill them. That, that they lived under threat of violence because of the possibility of airing out that he is a uh, black man. See, that wouldn't be me. I come up to this crib in D.C. <laughs> be like, what's up, cuz? Yo, Eddie, <laughs> throw down the key. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jay, Eddie, some... throw down the key. It's me, Millie. <laughs> All the way from Mississippi, bro. Come on, come on brother. Don't act like you don't know me. Soul brother now. Don't act like you don't know me. Don't act like you don't know me. It's so funny. But I just feel that way, man, because so many people were like that. Like if you think about like Roy Cohn, who's who was a famous lawyer, he worked with um, Senator McCarthy and the McCarthyism. Right. Mm -hmm. So he, Roy Cohn, sent Judith and Ethel Rosenberg to the gas chamber for treason. Yeah. Yes, right. So at the time, like he did that, but like he also exposed people during the communist scare and the lavender scare. He was big in the lavender scare, but Roy Cohen himself was gay. Mm. So he ruined the lives of millions of Americans who were in like civil service jobs, knowing full well he was gay. Right. Right. But he he's willing to he's in that weird zone where it's like, I mean, and I, I hate to slip down this hole, but a lot of people that like you, you know, like in slavery, like you, you give up your humanity in hopes of better, like the, the kind of like the house Negro thing. You give up your humanity in hopes of better treatment. Oh, you sick? No, we all sick, boss. Like, yeah. And that kind of thing, that kind of thing. I, I think mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. And I, I think in a, in a very, you know, if we really wanted to explore this in terms of what it, it actually means, it just shows the way that white supremacism sort of like seeps into every facet of right. American culture and experience, right? That like 
I think that hurting my own kind will be my salvation. Now, that doesn't make Mm. me a hero, but it definitely makes it a more complicated, I guess, villain than we would want it to be. This isn't just this person waking up with like deep seated hatred in their heart. It truly is them thinking, okay, if this means my survival, I will learn to hate the people who move and look like I do. Absolutely. And that's why I vote Republican, man. You know, (laughs) save me, (laughs) save me, you know, that's why Candace Owen is my best friend. Sure. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I always feel like, because I went to private school, and I'm just making up for lost time. I'm now in a kind of like a rehabilitation program, just like trusting my own people, loving my own people, loving myself. Yeah. That's usually what it is, because I went K through 12, then I went to a private college, and then I was like, I was just trying to get like jobs with like, kind of like trying to be like the token this and that on the show you know what i'm saying right. and then i was like because i was actually what happened was i had deep-seated racism and so when i gave that up started working with people like larry Wilmore and everything like that everything changed in my life you know like yeah so i still got a white wife but you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> hey we can't all be perfect you know it can't be perfect i mean that that came before you know what i'm saying but like but my kids are damn brown you know like it's 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 good I'm doing what I can, man. <laughs> I think I, you you talked a little bit about sort of the Republicans, and it, it reminds me that I read an article that talked about, you know, J. Edgar Hoover has his own film. Leo DiCaprio plays J. J. Edgar Hoover yes. in the Clint Eastwood portrayal of him. And one of the things that mm-hmm. the article talked about is that it delves heavily, this film, into his closeted homosexuality, but conveniently yes. skips over his race. And one of the things that came to mind as they, they sort of address that is how it's probably a lot easier still, even today, for white people to see him as sane but complex if he's mm-hmm. closeted, but much more challenging for them to have that same sort of sense of his sanity and reasoning if he is a, a person struggling with his racial identity. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think people, not a lot of white people understand that, you know what I'm saying? Because they mm-hmm. don't, you know, as they, in their own words, they don't have a culture. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, they, they might not understand what it's like to, like, they're like, black people have it fine in this country, but they would never change places with them. You exactly. Know? So, yeah. So the thought is that, you know, Hoover was, like, suffering from that, you know, like, probably because he was a man of secrets, too. Mm-hmm. If if your whole life is just like secrets and you got shit on everybody, he had shit on JFK. He knew about like LBJs, BJs, you know what B- I'm saying? Billy like, Holiday, fucking, oh, yeah, everybody. Everybody. Then you don't trust anybody and you sure as hell don't trust yourself. And it's like, I think that kind of toxic cocktail, you know, like there's no way he would have ever come out as someone like a, a man of color, or, like been you know, like really lived his truth and would present it to his dying day that he was white and trusted that he knew, he knew his demo and his audience. He knew that his legacy would be like, if anything, okay, then they'll probably say I'm, you know, gay for, for Clive Tolson. And they won't say anything else about me being black because people can't handle that shit, you know? Yeah. I think that's exactly right. He truly was like, and I think we continue to, we, the royal we, the white devil, continues to sort of pick and choose what is conveniently okay for us to discover about people and not. And it, it reminds me, we did a mini episode about all of the various U.S. presidents who have been accused and or proven to have come accused. From, <laughs> accused. Yeah, it, it makes it, you nigger. Uh, <laughs> 
but they've been they've been sort of okay. like uh they like they've been aired out as as <laughs> yes. black and or brown people or secretly having black or brown lineage and there's six of them outside obviously of Obama who huh. you know is the first one who came forward and said it but there's Thomas Jefferson there's Abraham Lincoln apparently Calvin Coolidge what? Warren Harding Dwight Eisenhower and my personal favorite Andrew Jackson apparently uh comes oh from. Andrew Jackson definitely but that's it's it's that right where it's like you have yeah. all of these people who bro his last name was Jackson <laughs> <laughs> like Samuel L <laughs> like Samuel you know come on now just saying yeah. I want to see his, I want to see a, a a portrait of his granddaddy you know but that's the thing, right? Is that like truly I think it was that his grandfather was a black man. And like and Fuck. they they could not deal with that. And they refused to mm. deal with that to this day. And how healing might that be for a lot of generations to know that that Andrew Jackson, who spent his entire career doing horrible, malicious things to Native Americans and black people and all kinds of people in this country, was doing right. it out of a type of self-hatred and not just huh. like an empowered position as a white man doing white man shit in front of all his other white friends. <laughs> right. He went extra sauce with it. So that's what I'm saying. It's like when you go extra sauce, there's there's a chance that you just might be what you hate. You yes. Know? Yes. That's my <laughs> so you're yeah. saying when I put extra A1 sauce on my steak, I might be A1 uh, sauce. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's going to hit you right here. It's going to hit you right here. You order that extra guac, you guac. You guac. <laughs> i love this jordan this was great this is this was a great yeah, conversation man. we i think we nailed it i think we did all the things could you tell the you've almost finished your your drink which is very exciting oh we can always get more we, no you, you don't have to get more not on my account now if you want to get drunk while you, your kids are sleeping that's a personal choice don't make it my oh, obligation definitely. not uh, never i'm i mean i'm a great dad never while they're awake you know what sure. i'm saying like just yeah <laughs> You yeah. just wait till they're asleep. Then you go in their room and yell. Then you... <laughs> <laughs> That's good dad wow. shit. You know me too well, sir. Could you tell the people at home where they can find you and what cool oh, shit you have going on? Absolutely. You can find me at Jordan Carlos on Twitter. You can find me at the realer Jordan Carlos on Instagram. Yeah. Not like those fake ones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so those are great. Also, please, one, once again, my show premieres in July, and that's that's uh, Everything's Trash. It'll be on uh, Freeform and Hulu. Really excited about that. And then you can catch me on AMC Plus on Can We Talk About This, which is also on the Sundance channel. Really excited about that. And Langston, you got to come on and be my guest on that, man. I would love that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So yeah, please go check out all of that stuff for Jordan and follow him. And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman and please subscribe, do all the bullshit that you're supposed to do to podcasts so that we get people to hear about this motherfucker and I'm not just speaking into a void, huh? Then wouldn't that be nice yeah. if we can yeah. make this not a void for everybody's experience? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not, man. Listen, you're beloved. <laughs> People love you, man. I, I saw you uh, have sex with that lady on Insecure. <laughs> I saw you have sex with that lady. You're doing fine. <laughs> well, no, this is it. great, man. Yeah, we on. did it. This this was a fun one. Bye, bitch. 
This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.